Welcome back everybody. Ray and Steve here, Counting Tracks. We are back with a new episode. We're going to be doing Dave Matthews' new album, or at least new as we record this. Uh, it's called Walk Around the Moon. Uh, it's their first album in quite a while. Um, as usual, Steve will be doing the heavy lifting when it comes to Dave Matthews, but um, right now we're, we're about a week post-release. How's it going there, Steve? I'm doing mighty well. This album made my week. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, same thing as always. Um, you know, we're going to review it, tell you what we think. Um, Steve is going to tell you why it's amazing. I'm going to tell you why it's not. And you'll decide for yourself. Um, actually, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think this is, is one of the better ones they've made in quite a while. Um, and so, I'll be, I'll be interested because Steve and I haven't really talked about it, except for a couple singles and little bits here and there. So, um, Steve, tell us a little bit uh, before we even jump in and I get the music going. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, why did it take so long? What's the what's the album about? Uh, you know, what's the vibe? You know, give us a little background. Well, it took so long, pretty much because of COVID. Um, they really had limited interaction. They did a lot of stuff just by sending music files back and forth until uh -huh. um, they finally were able to meet up. I mean, these songs span 2014 to 2022. Whoa! So it's a pretty vast difference of you know time frames of the band and mm -hmm. i think you kind of hear it within the uh album itself live a lot of these songs are translating really really well uh the only song on here that's been played a lot is break free uh that started you know as for 2014 but yeah i mean as far as the things about it it's pretty much about mortality and coming grips to you know or with your own death and the death of others Oh, and I also love the fact that the liner notes have the lyrics. It's actually a book. It's not just a slide-in little sheet. There's actually a book. Yeah. And uh, for those listening uh, that may be younger than we are, that, that used to be the norm. You, you used to get a booklet and liner notes and little Easter eggs, as the kids say these days. And now it's just kind of like a, a, a screen-printed uh, album cover that's nothing. Uh, and there it is. All right. There we go. Great picture. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't, you know, this is all, I mean, we're doing this, uh, obviously, because it's new. Uh, Steve's a huge DMB fan. I'm obviously a fan. Um, but I just want to put it out there for the record. I technically did get the album before Steve, just putting it out there. Um, you know, Steve likes to call himself a hardcore fan. But he got <laughs> the album first. I'm just saying. I mean, technically, uh, I did listen to it at 12.01 a.m. Yeah, Friday yeah, morning. Yeah, well, it was in my house. So <laughs> I, um, I'm just kidding. So well, let's it's, just, that, it's a funny point because you ordered it a couple of days ago. I pre-ordered it the day that dropped yeah. and still got it late. Hey, we both have it now. I listened to it. You listened to it. And, um, you know, I was prepared to come in here and, and, and go heal. I'm not even kidding. I was ready to rip it apart. And um, and I got to tell you, in my opinion, overall, you know, we save this for the end. I think it's one of their best albums they've made in years. And I'll save it to the end to explain why I think that. And, uh, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But, um, you know, let's dive right in. So we'll go right into it. Uh, tell us what the first track is, Steve, as I get us queued up here. All right. So we have the title track, Walk Around the Moon. Mm -hmm. uh, which has been being played live the last two years, I believe, or a year and a half. 
Uh, this is a monster live. This recording does not do it justice compared to a live setting. That said, any song about walking around in the woods, taking mushrooms, good job. I uh, give it a plus one. Fair, fair. Um, I listened to this, and I got to tell you, right off the bat, it was not one of my favorites. Probably listened to it about four times now. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this one as zero, as uh, and you know, any we we've quantified this obviously negative one zero one. In my head, when I say zero, uh, just for my own edification for those listening, that doesn't mean it's iffy to me. That means, like, if I hear it, awesome. If I don't hear it, meh, no big deal. Um, and I think that's kind of how Steve's always described it, but just, just to put it out there. Not saying it's mediocre, but it's nothing I'm going to go out of my way to listen to. The only thing that annoys me about it is... And again, obviously, in my opinion, it's nowhere near the best track on the album, yet it's the title. I hate that. Any any reasoning there, Steve? I don't know, because really, they never did that before, really. <laughs> uh, I was shocked that it was actually titled that, and there was the song. Mm. It's something they kind of stayed away from. They would use lyrics for titles, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I thought that was... Uh, a little different. Let's get to what we're all here for. Track number two. In my opinion, well, yeah, even still, I'm going to say it's my favorite track on the album. Although, there's a couple. But this, when I first heard it, I, I we mentioned it in other episodes, I loved it. Uh, Madman's Eyes is track two. Uh, I'll let Steve start us off with this one while I get it going here. Tell us about it, Steve. I, I love the last stop, Minaret's vibe to it. Um, and live wow it's a force to be reckoned with I kind of hope they stretch it out a little bit mm-hmm. um, but it, it's just an incredible song on all fronts lyrically uh, musically without a doubt uh, and probably one of my top three on the album as well definitely getting Middle Eastern vibes here yeah and I like the whole I like the melancholiness of it and I like the 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 fill, the drums. It's just a very like it's very up and down. It builds to the crescendo, but then to the crescendo he's almost like that's the negative part. And then you expect him to like go positive in the chorus because it's Dave Matthews, but then like he goes more in the negative direction, which I'm all over it. I, I love that, but he doesn't seem to do that much, in my opinion. Am I, am I wrong there? Uh, maybe each album has one, maybe two. Yeah. But a lot of the ones that are really dark don't sound dark. This sounds dark. That's the word I was searching you, for. You know, like dark. there are a lot of songs. That could be a whole episode by itself, but this one just conveys it so well. It's dark, but it's also upbeat. And like it gets me a little pumped up, you know. It re- like this part here, like d- just the fill into the next verse. Like it's like it's like a theme song. Like I'm a boxer walking out to the ring or something. You know what I mean? Maybe not that extreme, but yeah. You, you could dance to it. Yeah. So I'm gonna go plus one. If otherwise, I'm gonna keep rambling. Uh, Steve, I'm assuming you're going there too. Yep. Let's go to this next one called "Looking for a Vein." Um, and you know, this is the first one that 
you know, I hadn't heard a little, I mean, snippet of, I'll throw it to Steve. Uh, Steve, tell us about track number three. Uh, Title-wise, I expected it to be about something other than a vein, but this one surprised me. Um, I, I don't know why, I just had this preconceived notion that it was shorter and it wasn't going to be good, and then I listened to the lyrics and the music and ended up falling in love with it. Mm. Uh, so I gave it a one. Okay. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of this song, and it's for the same reason I'm not a big fan of a lot of Dave Matthews songs. I hate the way they sequence their albums. I hate it. I, I hate going from like an up-tempo, kind of something that, that is a little more up upbeat, like Madman's Eyes, and then this. And not that this is bad, but it's just like, I'm just coming off Madman's Eyes, and now we're going this way? Like, it just, it, it like, it took the air right out of me. Because I wasn't in like a somber mood because I just heard Madman's Eyes. I was ready to whoop somebody. And then this comes on and I'm like, oh man. So I don't know. It's not, uh, you know what? If it was track nine, I might give it a different score, but I'm going to say negative one. So you could tell me if I'm being too harsh, but it's just, it's a little too soft for me. And coming after this behemoth, I, I just, I, it just didn't do it for me. I mean, I think Mad Men's eyes either should have opened or closed the album. And I think it would have changed that a little bit. But I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. And so that'll take us right in. I didn't even do that on purpose. Right into number four. <laughs> uh, the Ocean and the Butterfly. My opinion differs on this. Uh, I'm going to hijack this one, Steve. I'll tell you my opinion first. Um, I listened to it the first time around. And I was like, meh, you know, whatever. I listened to it the second time around and actually paid attention to it. And I'm like, I like this a lot. Tell us your thoughts, Steve. Well, I think this is definitely more old school, you know, late 90s DMB sound to it. Um, all the instruments have their place in the song. They all stick out. Mm -hmm. uh, again, another one, live is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like it, but I, just in the interest of being fair, I gave it a zero. <laughs> um, okay. But I do like it. And I like the wording, the meaning behind it and all that. Um, it was just this little, like, kind of middle section here kind of took a dip for me a little. Yeah. And this is where the jazz influence is where I hear it, yep. you know? And I, get, I, I like jazz. I do. So I, I, I was a very big fan of this song. Um, a little bit cheesy with the lyrics, but that's just my opinion. But I totally get what you're saying, too. Um, and uh, this next track I really want to get your opinion on. So this is track number five. Um, it's called It Could Happen. Um, it's happening right now in the background. Um, so we'll go back to the normal uh, course of action here. We'll let Steve take over. Tell us about track five, Steve. I, I do like this song. Uh, this song has a lot more of, again, the older sound. Um, lyrically, it just didn't really grab me, even though it fits in with the theme of the album. So, again, to be an honest reviewer of the album, I gave it a zero. Fair. Fair. Um, you know, this is one that was kind of the opposite of the last one I said. That one grew on me. Um, this one I liked. Then I was like, meh. This one I think is going to take a little time to grow on me just because it does have that 
you know, I, I, it's not a bad song. It's just it's nothing that grabbed me either. Uh, I'm gonna go negative one uh, on that one, and uh, you know, I, I that might change, uh, but right now I'll go negative one. So. I think too. I mean, this would be. I mean, at least personally, something I would go back and revisit after a few months. And yeah. I think some of my opinions might change. For like, sure. Uh, we were talking about earlier. I haven't given it the car ride test yet, which is really how I judge albums. Um, I mean, I've listened to the album like eight times already, but yeah, you know, I, I just need that drive and, and just focused and just listening to really get into it. So yeah, Fair room for change. Yes, sir. All right, so that takes us down to six. Uh, something to tell my baby. So let me cue this up. And um, this one, I'm gonna have to let play a little bit to jog my own memory. So tell us about something to tell my baby, Steve. Okay, this is one of two songs on the album that were pretty much just Dave Matthews playing. Uh, mm -hmm. There's really no one else. I think maybe on one of the other ones, there's one person Mm -hmm. That plays, I think, some violin or something. But these are basically Dave solo songs. And they've been actually getting played in the encore one slot, which usually is Dave solo, to give mm -hmm. the other guys a break. Uh, on this whole album, which is, you're probably going to think I'm insane, this is the only song on the album that I actually had, like, a legitimate emotional reaction to. Wow. Uh, because of the whole death thing and mm -hmm. listening to it that way, I, I would to have this at a, as a uh, in a concert in, in the encore one spot um, wow. it, it's really a downer mm -hmm. but if you look, you know kind of really look at the lyrics and what's being said I think everyone can relate to that mm -hmm. and like basically what you're leaving behind yeah. uh, so I give it a one no I get I absolutely get what you're saying um, unfortunately for me, this is just way too stripped down for my liking. Um, you know, I'm all about acoustics and stuff, and you know, but this is just too much into the whole. You know, I'm sitting in the room by myself with a guitar, kind of deal. Um, and I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I was so impressed with uh, Madman's eyes and stuff, and you know, even Ocean and a but and the butterfly. I, I wish they would stay more in that upbeat direction. I really wish. I mean, not that these are bad songs, but you know that we have we have how many Dave Matthews albums filled with songs like this? Like that's that's what this sounds like to me. And um, you know, and and if it grabs you, it grabs you. But it didn't do it for me, so I'm gonna give it a negative one. I think um, this could have been on some devil and fit perfectly. That I that I'll agree with. That I'll absolutely agree with. Um, I just, it doesn't feel, I mean, clearly it is just him, but it also, it just, it, it just, with all these, these songs, whether I like them or not, they're all so big with the instruments and everything else. This just, just takes me right out of it. Now we're on to, uh, track number seven, After Everything. So, uh, let's, uh, transition into that. Now, finally, we're back on the upswing here. <laughs> I hear some drums, I hear some horns, I hear some guitars. Tell us about number seven after everything, Steve. I, I wanted to like this song so bad. Like but... an insane amount that I really want to like it. And? I, I'm not there yet. It, okay. It might happen, but 
the reason why I wanted to like it is this sounds like the White Beatles? Album. Yeah, Yellow Submarine era Beatles, and I want to like it so bad. Yeah. And I just can't get there yet. Buddy Strong sings on this, which is pretty awesome. I'm like, I gotta like this song. This song has to be amazing. It hasn't gotten there yet for me. Uh, this may change, but I'm giving it a negative one. Alright, so uh, for the tens of people listening to this, this is the only time you'll ever hear me advocate for Dave Matthews and, and, and take Dave's side over Steve. Steve is completely incorrect. This song is amazing. Um, this is the best thing he's put out probably ever. Um, I don't know. That might be a little strong, but I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but anybody, I'm going to say my age forward, when you hear a song that sounds like a Beatles song, you know it sounds like a Beatles song, if that, if that makes sense. The minute I heard this, I was like, okay, so it's Dave Matthews Beatles, not Dave Matthews Band. I get it now. But I was like, I'm cool. Because I listened to this and I was like, this is all right. I mean, this is, I don't know why I like it, but I love it. This is absolutely a plus one. This is one, if he said, I'm going to play this at tomorrow's concert, I would go to tomorrow's concert. I like it that much. And I, in my own head, I'm not overselling it. I don't know if there's other songs like this. If there are, I would love for you to tell me. Uh, off the air maybe or one or two now if they are because this is what the direction you should be going I love this yeah this is definitely its own animal entirely I, I can't recall anything to have this degree of varied musician var varied time signatures with that like Beatles-esque sound like they've done kind of Floyd type stuff before yeah but uh, never like a real Beatles. I could see this coming around and becoming one that I adore. Yeah. Uh, especially maybe seeing it live or even on YouTube live. Um, it just, I don't know. It just caught me off guard, I guess. No, man, it, it did to me too. And, and, but in a good way. And uh, I am, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of it. So plus one for me all day, all day. Um, so let's uh, let's transition to track number eight. We have "All You Wanted Was Tomorrow." Um, I think if we ask Steve, all he wanted was this album eight years ago, but uh, it's here now. So uh, tell us about track number eight, Steve. Uh, also has kind of the older sound to it, mm -hmm. uh, little maybe modernized, but compared to the other ones that I said that about that I gave zeros to the lyrics just resonated with me uh -huh. and I really like it uh -huh. um, it's been played live a few times so far but I haven't watched it live yet because uh -huh. uh, the tour just started Friday uh -huh. uh, so I, I gave it a one okay very cool I'm having trouble with this one because I'm going back and forth this is one I think that's gonna grow on me so I I don't have a lot to say about it right now but um, I'm going to say zero. I'm going to say zero. Um, it's not really my vibe, um, especially since I say I don't really like the, the folksy, slower type stuff, but there's something about this that I kind of dig. I just, I think it might take a few more listens. This next one though, Steve, this one is another one of my favorites on the album. The Only Thing, uh, track number nine. So when I got to this, I thought, well, when I read this, I thought, well, there's got to be one good song on the album because it says so. 
Um, so I got to this thinking, I don't know, let me think, what is this going to be? I was not expecting an up-tempo thing, I was not expecting what I heard. I've listened to this song more than any other one, may, ex with the exception of maybe Madman's Eyes. And I think every time I listen to it, I like it a little bit more. Uh, so I'll give it a plus one. I, 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 it's so new to me, I can't tell you why I like it. I think it's just because it's different than what I normally hear from him. And um, I'm all about different, apparently. So plus one, T tell me your thoughts. I totally agree. Um, it just rips. I wasn't expecting this this late in the album. And I don't know, it just has this really good, like even like the lyrically and the, the way they're recorded and, and overlaid, there's a lot going on. Um, when it first, when the song first started, I, I thought it was going to be a sequel to She from Away From The World. I was very happy it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely one of my favorites. I gave it a plus one. Absolutely. That, I I don't know. This, after Bad Man's Eyes, this is probably my favorite. And this may overtake it. Um, I love this song. And I don't know anybody listening or Steve, we've never talked about this. I don't know if you're a Coldplay fan. This has a lot of Coldplay flavor to it. Um, I am a Coldplay fan, surprisingly. Um, and when when he goes high in the choruses, that that's a definitely a Coldplay vibe. And I hear a little bit of Beatles in here too, just like the other track. I would travel tomorrow if they were saying they played it tomorrow. So, any closing thoughts on this one, Steve? No, I like it. It's just dripping with funk. Yes, it has great just everything going for it. I just I don't know. I like it. This is the one I can listen to over and over. Same here, same here. So plus one for both of us. And uh, we'll take it to track number 10, Break Free. So uh, now that we're coming off of that, Steve, I, I got to tell you, just by default, I don't know that that could be topped, but what do you think about Break Free? Well, Break Free is one of the ones from 2014. Okay. I had really high expectations for this because I love the 2014 version. And even that opening guitar riff, I just think it's brilliant. This did not live up to my expectations, unfortunately. I, I don't hate it, but having heard other versions I thought were more cohesive. I love the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I cannot, maybe it'll change, but I had to give it a negative one. Wow. And this is a song I love. Let me just say, you know, to give anybody an idea of how honest I'm being, I love this song any other way. Listen. You already said you hated it. We all heard. Don't go taking it back. Um, I love this song, too. And this, again, discounting Madman's Eyes, this is probably number two on the album for me. It's a it's a different style, and I like it. For one that's it's very upbeat, wicked cool. Oh, lyrically, I think it's brilliant. It's, it's very, It has a very anthemic feel to me. Just sitting here listening to it, I want to hum along to it. So. And see, and that's kind of how the live version came across then. It was very anthemic, like, really. Like, and people going out of their minds kind of performance. You know, I can't speak to the live version having never heard it, but taking this one, I'll take this one all day. So, plus one for me. Running a little bit late here, so I'm just going to go to 11, which is Monsters. Uh, 
I'll start out first because this is what I was expecting from Dave Matthews. A throwaway track, absolutely terrible. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, not my favorite. Not my favorite. I, I would not have all picked this to be the second single after Madman's Eyes. That was a ridiculous decision, whoever made that. Um, and this is another one. Coming off of Break Free, this isn't as bad, but they, they need to sequence the albums better. And I don't know why it bugs me, but it's just, it's, it's going from this up to down, to up to down. And I just, it bugs me. Not a fan of this one, though. It's not my vibe. I can't even say zero. I'm going to say negative one. Uh, just not not really my thing. What, what's your thoughts on Monsters, Steve? This is one of the few that I hadn't heard prior. Uh -huh. uh, so they played it in Mexico at the start of the year. Um, I, I really do like it. I, I think it's really good. Well written. Maybe corny line here and there. Uh, but I, I like the wordplay and the meaning behind it, so I gave it a one. And then that takes us into number 12, which is the last track, The Closer. That is Singing From the Windows. Tell us your thoughts, Steve, on number 12. Not only on the song, but it, was it a good closer? A choice is a closer. Uh, this is the second day of solo song on the album. Uh, okay. Start out that way back during COVID, this was written. Uh, he did it on a couple talk shows, did a live concert, played it. It's mm -hmm. grown brilliantly from those early versions. Okay. I was expecting not to like it. Like, I'm like, oh, great. That's going to be the last song on the album. I've already heard it. I have expectations. I don't think I'm going to like it. Um, this changed my mind. Mm -hmm. As far as a closer, I would have went with something with, like, maybe a little more pop. Like I said, either Madman's Eyes or even Break Free. Mm-hmm. But they do tend to end albums kind of chill. Yeah. Uh, so I had to give it a zero. It's definitely not my favorite, but for how much it has grown from when I first heard it to now, I was surprised. I liked it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Well, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I guess I have to be because I got to speak the truth. I got to tell you what all the other Dave Matthews fans are thinking. This song's not good. I mean, it's a good Dave Matthews solo track. Don't get me wrong. Again, this is another one I think you could have put on Some Devil. But it just, it makes the album, it makes a really great album feel like there's some filler when there doesn't need to be. Is that fair? Well, yeah, and we don't have the time to get into it, but there were way better songs that aren't on here. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it closes the track, it kind of just... Again, it, 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 I'm already down from the track before, so this doesn't help things. So I'm going negative one. Um, not my favorite. I think they could have cut this and, and saved it for something else. But um, that's the new Dave Matthews album. And uh, regardless of how I might sound with this last uh, track, in my opinion, and I'm not even saying this to, to be funny, this is easily... Um, one of the best Dave Matthews albums, and I'm going back to the top here just to start us over, uh, one of the best Dave Matthews albums that I have heard in a long, long time. Uh, tell me your thoughts, Steve, overall on the album. No, I agree, 100%. Um, when I sat down to rate this, mm -hmm. 
uh, was not expecting me to rate it what I did rate it, uh, which ended up being a five. Okay. And it's like the second highest rated of the Dave Matthews Band's albums we've done that I've scored. Wow. And and uh, so you gave it a five. And uh, and and where did I come in in the uh, in the race? Uh, zero. Okay. Balanced out even. I think every album we've done, I've come out zero. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Um, or I'm switching songs in the background, people. we got to leave you with good stuff. So Mad Man's Eyes is playing. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Hopefully, audio quality is better, at least on my end. Uh, I apologize for the last couple episodes. We're still getting used to it. But uh, I think I'm behind it now. Um, so this one was a really fun one to do. Uh, lastly, before we wrap it up, I just want to say that usually we do two at a time. Uh, if you watch Steve and, us, Steve and me, uh, Steve and I, geez, um, we, we usually do companions or similar albums just to kind of have something to compare one to the other. This is a new Dave Matthews album, and so I, I didn't think it was fair to compare it necessarily to the one before because it's been a while. And so I asked Steve, can we just treat this as a standalone? And Steve was on board. So uh, we're going to come back next uh, with a, an album by uh, a band called Jimmy Eat World, uh, who was very popular in the late 90s, early 2000s, still very popular. Uh, but we're going to be looking at their first major label album called Static Prevails, which they basically don't play. Um, doesn't sound anything like their later albums in my opinion and because it's kind of an anomaly in the catalog I thought it'd make a good companion to this because we're kind of treating this as a standalone uh, piece. Uh, in case anybody's wondering why we're not doing some uh, a random Dave Matthews album that's why uh, we're taking a little bit of a left this week because this one I think is cool just to talk about it on its own so uh, hopefully you guys will like the next one so for Steve I am Ray uh, we will see you next time. Bye, everybody.